0: Start in 1 Kings chapter 13. If my nose is a little plugged up, I apologize. It probably is. 1 Kings 13, verses 20 through 24. It says, And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. He cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the month of the Lord, Or the mouth of the Lord, and has not kept the commandment which the Lord God commanded thee, but came his back, and has eaten bread and drunk water in the place, of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, after he had drunk, that he saddled him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back." When he was gone, a lion met him by the way, and he slew him. His carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. Going on in this passage of Scripture, this goes on to say that the lion did not eat the prophet, did not eat the body, nor did the lion bother with the donkey. The lion simply killed the prophet after the prophet was disobedient to the Lord. The focus uh, for today is is not specifically about lions. It's not specifically about prophets. Um, But with that being said, the Lord really knows how to get our attention. He knows how to get our eyes and how to get our thoughts. When we read stories in the Bible like this, like a lion eating a prophet, for example, um, it gets our attention, the mere idea that this would happen. The Bible is full of stories and different things that God uses to communicate to His people. Um, Donkeys that talk, they get our attention. Six-fingered and six-toed giants, they also get our attention. Personally, whenever I read the Bible or whenever I read about the giants, I have this idea in my head of these giants being a little gnarly, a little dirty, a little gross just unkept, unclean things. I just that's just my mind. I think you guys are nasty. So I know and one of the questions I would have right when I see these giants with six toes and six fingers, I would probably ask him how'd you manage to get fungi growing from every single 12 of your toes? Burning bushes, they get our attention. Dead people that live again, they get our attention. Miracles that are not humanly possible, they get our attention. Isaiah 35 and 5, it says, then the eyes of the blind, they shall be opened. The ears of the deaf, they shall be unstopped. Those things get our attention. God knows how to get our attention. He knows what will catch our eye and catch our mind and catch us off guard for a moment to kind of adjust our perspective into the way that it needs to be in. These stories that the Bible tells us about the telling of the events of the Bible and the Word of God. They show us different things. Uh, they teach us things. They teach us how to do right things, how to do wrong things, how to stay away from those wrong things, and what situations to put ourselves in, what relationships we should have, what relationships we really shouldn't have. And you can look in these, in these stories and all the different minute details that we might think those are not really necessary to no, know those details but it can tell us that God cares about details. The little things matter to God. The big things matter to God. It matters that a man marries a woman to God. It, it matters to him that men lead their families and lead their homes in a godly way. It matters to him that we are consecrated. We are We are holy, we are given unto God, and our lifestyle represents and shows that. It matters to God that we dress a certain way, it really does matter. It really does matter that we act and talk a certain way, God really does care about that. It matters that we are one body of Christ, it matters that we're together, it matters that we're connected, and it matters that we submit one towards another. We look in these stories and they're not just stories. They they, they are things that have occurred. They are things that are real. They are things that God uses to communicate to his people that we are to follow this way. We are to follow this direction. We are to set up our lives in, in, in this manner. Romans 12 and 2, it says, be you not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It matters that we walk uprightly as holy people, as disciples. It matters that we, pr- we reproduce that righteousness in another. It matters that we reproduce the fruits in others. It matters that we do these things. God really cares about them. It's why it's so vital that we have to be and we need to be in the Word of God. The Word of God provides things that are unparalleled. The Word of God provides unparalleled guidance, unparalleled wisdom, unparalleled truth that nothing else can match, nothing else can measure up to. We look in the Word of God, and for every blessing that we receive in our life, there's a route to follow that blessing. For every good thing that happens in this life, there is a path to follow. There's a way to pursue that good thing. The Lord's way, the Lord's answer, the Lord's direction. There's no greater answer than the Lord's. So we need to be in the Word of God to know what the Lord desires. For every circumstance that we face, there's an answer. For every trial, there is a solution in the Word of God. For every sickness, for every thing that we would ever have to face in this life, there's direction, there's hope, and there's peace. For every tragedy, there's truth and solution. You can always rely on the Word of God. You can always rely and trust on the Word of God. His promises, they are true. His his timing is perfect, and it is matchless. He is matchless, and His Word is matchless. The Word of God speaks about itself a little bit. Hebrews 4.12, it says, Quick, powerful, sharp. It's a discerner of our heart. 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is from God. All Scripture is good. All Scripture is beneficial and useful for every area of life. Matthew 24 and 35, it says, heaven and earth, they will pass away, but my words will not. My words will forever stay and remain. Psalms 119, it says, the word of God, it's a lamp unto my feet. It's a light upon my path. The word of God is something that we all need desperately every day. We need the Word of God to direct us and establish us and sustain us. We need the Word of God to help us set up our life in the way that the Lord sees fit. We need the, Lord, the Word of God to teach us how we must act, how must we live, how must we teach others. In Mark 10, we read again that the, world te- the Word tells us that Jesus did not come to be ministered unto, but He came to minister and give His life as a ransom for many. We need the Word of God to be able to minister. We need the Word of God to be able to communicate what the Lord speaks and what the Lord desires. To minister is it's to attend to the needs of somebody. It's to take care of somebody. And that somebody may not even be somebody that uh, you're responsible for directly. But to minister to them is to take care of them. It's to serve them. It's to put one person or another person first before us. Sometimes it's putting their calendar before ours. Sometimes it's putting their needs before ours. Sometimes it's putting finances in places that you don't really see a great outcome all the time, but it's necessary and it's needed. Sometimes it's giving things that we don't always have, like money or time, to make sure that we minister effectively and we can say that we did everything we could in that situation. Part of ministering, it's narrowing, narrowing that down a little bit. Being a minister in your home and ministering to disciples and ministering to people that you're you're teaching, it's not always necessarily having the perfect words for the moment. It's not always having the perfect words or the perfect answer, but it is absolutely about being in the right position. It's about being in the right position so you are ready to hear it from God and and move in the right direction so that others could follow. So it's not always having the perfect words, we're not always going to have them, but I can make sure my heart is where it needs to be. I can make sure my spirit is where it needs to be. I can make sure my mind is focused on the things that it needs to be focused on so I can be ready to move as God speaks. So how, we, how do we ensure that we are effectively being a minister or a teacher in our home or, or to, to the disciples that we reach not any number of, it's, it's important that our voice is significant in their life, and not any other number of influences, entertainment, or people from the world. It's important that they hear our word, our voice enough that they hear consistently the right things coming from our mouths. The right actions being displayed in our home that match the word of God, that, that match what we teach and match what we preach. That our, our, our emotions would be Stable. And not just flipping out here and there based on what's going on in life. Based on situations that we face. Those things, people see those things. A very effective way to look and find out how do I be an effective minister. Because that's what we're all called to be. How, how do I be effective in that? I would say that you can look at the promises of God. Look at the, the will of God. The desires that he has for his people. And then look at, look at what is required to live in those promises. What is attached to those promises? We can look in Numbers chapter 6. We'll start with, um, I suppose, verse 22. And it says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. Well, how do we become blessed? How, how, do, how are we a blessed people? The Bible tells us that we are to be trusting and following him in all life, in all that life brings. Jeremiah seventeen, seven eight reiterates this. It says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord's, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit, always producing fruit, even in difficult times. Consistence, consistency and faithfulness, uh, always being consistent no matter what is faced in this life. That is what the Bible says that we are to do to be blessed. So if we want that promise that the Lord bless thee, the Lord, the Lord keep thee, then we want to walk with trust in God. We want to walk with consistency in our life. We want to be faithful in everything that we do. So the family, it it trusts and respects and follows a consistent leader in the home. A consistent leader in the home. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. There's that word, that phrase again, trusteth in him. What are some areas that we are good at trusting the Lord? Maybe what are some areas that we struggle to trust in the Lord? We are to trust in Him in all ways and in all situations and all things that we see in all things that we face. The next passage in Numbers that it says is, it says, The Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Bible says that if we live righteously, If we live in repentance and humility and we keep the Lord's face, that keeps the Lord's face from turning away from us. In 2 Chronicles 30 and 9, it says, For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return unto him, if we give our heart to him daily. If we make sure we know our place, we know that we are human, we are flesh, and we have difficulties, and we say, I'm going to give it to God because that's the only place I know that it can be secure, it can be taken care of. 1 Peter 3 and 12, it says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are upon or open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So what it, you can break it down a little bit. It says, it's, it's having good morals. It's having good values, it's having integrity, it's having good character. That no matter who's watching at the time, they're gonna see the same person that they might see in a different area. It's about admitting when we are wrong and letting our spouse or letting our kids see when we turn and, and do the right thing. Letting the spouse and see, uh, see and hear that we are growing. Talk about some of the things that God is helping you with in your home. It's going to give them a place to follow. It's going to give them a path to follow when they are responding to the voice and the word of God. So these things are essential. We want to to replicate these things. We want to show these things in our life. It makes me think of the donkey that, that spoke. It makes me think of it because, you know, this donkey was always seeing everything that was done by its owner. What if we have a dog? What if we have an animal of any kind and they see everything we do? What if that animal spoke to us? What would it speak? What words would it speak? What would it tell us about our heart that maybe we are ignoring or we are not paying attention to? Consistency. The word is going to come through. If you ever get the chance to teach anyone anything, which we need to, teach them to love the word of God. Maybe you can't teach your children how to be an astronaut. Maybe you can't teach them how to pursue or do well in that dream career or those dreams that they have in their life in general, but you can teach them how to love the Word of God. You can teach them how to fall in love with the Word and the direction that the Lord gives. You can teach them something that will keep them in their life no matter what they face. You can teach them to love something that can give them an answer when we don't have one. They can receive faith and confidence. They can receive something that only the Word of God can give them when we teach them how to love the Word of God. When you're teaching somebody in a Bible study, when you're discipling somebody that you know, you can teach them about loving the Word of God. That's the very best thing that they can do. They can can love instruction. They can love the Word of God and, and the direction that it gives because the Word, that's going to get them through anything. The Word will help them get through every single thing. No matter what they face, no matter what battle they have, no matter what fear they have, whatever their challenge is in life, the Word will keep them through every single part of it. And if we love the Word of God, if we have it buried down in our heart, buried down in our spirit, that same thing applies to us. The Word of God is the only book that has unlimited power the only book that has unlimited knowledge, the only book that has unlimited wisdom, unlimited resources, unlimited teaching, unlimited answers that are good and not lies, unlimited truth, unlimited love and peace and hope. It it speaks of an unlimited God, an unlimited Father with unlimited truth. So if those things are true from the word of God, we need to be desperately hungry for the word of God. We need to be desperately investing the word of God deep down into our life that we are having words and verses and, and stories from the word of God going through our mind throughout the day. And as we see things in, the, in life, as we are, are in our workplace, the word of God should be going through our mind. When we see something, when we experience something, it should remind us, oh yeah, this is what the word God said about that. This reminds me of a story when there was victory. This reminds me of a story where someone was forgiven and their sins were washed away. It should remind us about those things when the word of God is on our heart. If the word of God doesn't go through your mind very much throughout the day, that, that is your sign to invest more time in the word of God. That is your sign to say, you know what, I need to renew my relationship with the Word of God because that is the most essential relationship that will equip me and keep me when I have nothing else. That is your reminder to get in the Word of God. The Word of God has unlimited family goodness, unlimited family with God, unlimited healing. The Word of God is a very special book. It is the best book that was ever written. It is the best thing that we could ever get from God, along with the Holy Ghost, along with forgiveness. The Word of God is precious, and we need to treat it such. The Word of God has to be essential to us. It should be very, very intimate to us. Our relationship with the Word of God should be very intimate. We ought to protect our time with the Word of God. It cannot be something that's pushed to the back burner with the things and cares of life. The Word of God and our time with it has to be our priority at the forefront of the day. It is not something that should be negotiable in our life to reduce the Word of God and the time that we have with the Word of God. That's something that's non-negotiable. Prayer is something that's non-negotiable. It's something that we have to have. The word of God is what we need for everything that we face. The word of God is everything that we need for what our family faces, for what our children faces, for what our husbands or our wives or whatever else people you want to think about that has the answer for every single one of them. It may be true that the challenges and the distractions of entertainment and the temptations are at levels that we might not have ever seen them before. But the word of God still works in this day. The word of God still works for those problems and those issues and those temptations and the intoxication of this world. The word still works for every single piece of it. You find me somebody who lives in holiness, that's somebody who is living in victory. Find me someone who's faithful to the word of God and faithful to prayer, you're going to find someone that has power. Show me somebody who is spending their time with prayer, with fasting, with reaching after God and his word, they're going to be unstoppable. There's nothing in their life that can stop them. There's nothing in their life that can get them off track because they are connected to Jesus. They are connected to his word. The Word of God still works. Repentance and the blood still works. These things worked in Acts. These things work throughout Scripture and they work today and they work now. We have all the different things that we like to turn to. This world offers so many different suggestions and answers and try this and do this and, and, and fix this problem with this and that. Go to the Word of God. Go to the Word of God because that's the only thing that will actually keep you. You might find a temporary fix. You might find a temporary medicine or some sort of thing that will help you for a moment with that need that you have. But the Word of God is the only thing that will keep that away and keep you secure and keep you stable and keep you protected and keep you connected to Jesus. The Word of God is the only thing that can truly and fully completely make you whole. The Word of God is the only thing that can make your mind whole, that can make your heart and wounds and damage and trauma whole, the word of God is the only thing that actually does that and that actually keeps us in the process it doesn't just help us for a moment but it gives us eternal help eternal ministry, eternal healing and becoming whole with God we have to have a love for the word of God an absolute love for the word of God so the word of God helps us in every single way we can think of. See, it's my responsibility, the culture of my home. It's, it's my responsibility, the influences that, that come in those doors. It's my responsibility, the, the things that are spoken, the, the, the things that are heard at my home. It's, it's my responsibility. The same applies to each one of us. It's our responsibility to manage the home in a way that God honors, that God is pleased with. So if we're not happy with something, we have the privilege and the power to change it with God. If we're not happy with what we're hearing, if we're not happy with what we're listening to, if we're not happy with the voices that are spoken into our mind and the things and the temptations and the worries and fears that are in our heart, we have the privilege and power to change it with the word of God. We can use the word of God to give us a new voice. We can use the word of God to give us truth. We can give a, you can use the word of God to make sure that we're not living in fear and condemnation and guilt and thinking that we are the worst people because we did such and such. The word of God is what protects us. The word of God is what keeps us. This, this scripture, this passage that we started with, with the lion, you know, that, that lion... Sorry, The lion, <clears throat> the man's life didn't have to end in the way that, that it ended. The lion that, that came was because he disobeyed God. The lion came because he responded to what God said incorrectly. The word was spoken, but he responded to it incorrectly. When we are not in our word like we need to be, the word of God is always being spoken, but we might be responding the wrong way because it's not in our heart. I look at scriptures in Peter, where it talks about the enemy, Satan is is like as like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And as a as a kid, I always was really interested in imagery. I was always really interested in the depictions that the word of God would have, uh, the the details that God would paint, the pictures he would paint. And I'd always be interested, why is it like a roaring lion? Why is it something where he's prowling around? Well, lions themselves, they're opportunistic in nature. Typically, they don't just run after humans and run after, honestly, they don't run after humans, just kill them and eat them. They don't do that. But lions are opportunistic. So what that says, what that tells me is that the lions have uh, the advantage or lions can kill humans when humans put themselves in bad situations. When humans put themselves in dumb situations. When they're being ignorant, when they don't pay attention. So the enemy has access and power when we have not positioned our life in the way that it needs to be positioned. If we have our life positioned in the right way, if we have our, our heart positioned in the right way, if we our mind, have our mind focused on the Lord, attacks like that are not going to have access. They're not going to have access to our hearts and our minds. There are battles that we don't have ever have to face because we have our walls up, because we're guarded, because we have used the word of God to make sure that we have strength and we have wisdom in our, in our life. So we, we look at the different battles that people face, and some things happen. Yeah, battles happen. This, this life has battles, but there's a lot of battles that we don't have to face. There have been a lot of battles in my lifetime that I had no business being a part of. There was a lot of battles in my lifetime that I had no business being in. And the only reason why I was in those battles is because I made the wrong decision. So I, I gave access to the enemy to my emotion or to my heart or to, to access to anger and bitterness and different things. But if I had the word of God set in that moment, in that time, in that situation, the enemy would have no power. No power whatsoever. So we have to make sure that we are looking at the things that we face and we have to look at it and say, okay, is this my doing? Is this something where I can correct? I can adjust is is this something where I can increase something in my life to make sure that this battle doesn't have to go the way that it's going? When we face condemnation and fear, we have to look at it and say, I, I, did I cause this? Did I leave a, a, an area of my life open and vulnerable to the enemy? Is my mind thinking about things that it ought not think about? Is my mind being very intentional about the things that I do choose to think about? I have to be very intentional with, with what I put into my ears and what I put into my heart and what I put into my mind. If I'm not intentional with those things, that proverbial lion can come in and take a bite. That proverbial lion can come in and attack where it shouldn't have access and shouldn't have power to attack. The temptations that we see in our life, once once we're tempted, once once we fall with something, it's our job to get up, use the word of God and say, okay, how do I protect myself from falling again? It's not just, oh, let me go to the altar again and repent. Yes, do that. But change something. Change something when you fall. You can't just do the same thing again and again expect, I'm going to have victory because I'm at the altar. It's we have to change something. We have to add something to our life, add the morals and values the word of God gives us, add the templates, add the foundation to make sure that it's strong and secure. The reason that I fell in that area is because it was open somewhere. It was open somewhere. If you knew, if I knew, oh, that will cause that issue and, and that, it, that will cause that sin and that problem, it would help me a little bit. It helps us when we know, okay, that is a problem and that causes this problem. So we need the word of God to tell us just exactly how dirty our hearts are. Because the word of God discerns our heart. The word of God knows where our mind is, knows how we think, knows how our heart is. So don't let the enemy speak before the word of God speaks. Don't let the enemy speak things that the word of God has not spoken. Yes, the enemy knows our flesh, but the word of God, God knows us far better than the enemy ever could. God knows us far more than the enemy could ever know our flesh. So we got to talk to him. We got to go to the word and get the instruction from him. I got I to gotta look to the word of God and say, okay, uh, where's my heart at, God? And God will tell us. God will, God will speak to us. He will give us direction. Hey, your heart's right here right now. I need you to do this so it's here. And it's it, it literally as simple as that. In James 1.5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God freely, and he will give it to you according to his will. He will give you the wisdom you need to, to navigate anything that we face in this life. We have to have the word of God in our life. Something we should be striving for all the time is, God, how do I get more of your word in my spirit? How do I get more of your word in my mind? God, there's answers I don't have, but I know your word has those answers. I, I know your word has those solutions that I need to give to someone else. So if we're stressed, if we're trying to figure out a a reason, trying to figure out a response, how do I manage this? Go to the Word of God. Go to the Word of God every single time, and it will never fail you. The promises of God, they are always true, and they will never come back void. They will always be applicable when we live according to the Word of God. So I, I would encourage us today that we seek and ask God for a renewed passion and renewed love for the Word of God. When's the last time you just sat, lost yourself in time, just reading the Word of God? And as you read the Word of God, as you read those verses, it, it reaches into your heart and reaches into places that nothing else can reach into there. Those, the, as you read those words, it ministers to your heart, it ministers to your mind. It, it completely changes your mood as you read the Word of God. It completely changes your emotions and, and your emotional state of the day when you read the Word of God. It puts your heart where it needs to be when you read the word of God in the morning. It puts your heart where it needs to be. It puts your mind where it needs to be when we invest and intentionally take time. I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to open up my heart. I don't care if I've read the verse 5,000 times. There is something in this word for me. There is something in this that God wants to speak to me, wants to help me with, wants to strengthen me with, wants to build me with doesn't matter if you've heard it preached 5,000 times. The word still applies, and there's still more for you. Eternity is just going to be an all-time eternity of getting to know Jesus. We only know a little bit of God on this earth. We are so limited with what we have. We are limited with what we understand. The word of God is the same. We can never know enough about the word of God. We can never understand enough about the word of God. There is always more to grow from, from the Word of God. And if we're looking to grow, if we're looking to, to go further than we have ever before, find a time and place to add the Word of God into your life. We have to have the Word of God. We have to have a love for the Word of God. I want you to imagine, you know, we all grow up in different ways. We all can think of Different things that we wish we would have done a little differently or we wish we would have had access to. But wouldn't it be amazing, every family and every child, as they grow up, as they turn one and two and three and four and five, that they just love the word of God. They're just reciting words of God and, and verses and scriptures around the house. And you'll find yourself, if you're teaching, if you're discipling your children and discipling your spouse and and, and discipling the people that you're discipling, you're going to find that they're going to challenge you sometimes. And they're going to say something like, whoa, I didn't know that that could come from you. Your children, when you teach them the word of God, when you get that in their heart, it's going to work in them just like it works in you. Just like it works in any adult, it works in the child. and the the child's heart can be quickened by the word of God to speak something that's needed for the moment. If we could stand. I apologize for my voice. The word of God is, is just so precious. It's so precious. Every time in my life when I've needed something, I've always received it from the word of God. I have never... Read the word of God with true earnest intention and desire and effort and receive nothing back. Every time that I've set aside time, say, God, I, I want to hear your voice. I want to learn about you. I want to learn about me. I want to learn about how I, I grow and go forward. I hear and I receive something from the word of God. If you're reading the word of God and you're not getting anything, your approach might be off. Because the word of God is so Beautiful. And God, it's it's so powerful. The the word of God, um, it's meant to reach His people. It's meant so we can understand it as the Spirit moves.